in Psalm 119. If you would stand with me, we're going to read a few verses here in verse 121, Psalm 119. Psalm 119 deals with the word of God. And my dad, he added not only the word of God, but God and our relationship with God. Thy word, thy is God and word. God and his word it deals with. Psalm 119, verse 121. I have done judgment and justice. Leave me not to mine oppressors, those who oppress you. That could be from within and without. Those that are close, those that are near you, those that are uh, surrounding you can stop you from doing God's will. Be surety for thy servant for good. Let not the proud oppress me. 123 says, Mine eyes fail for thy salvation and for the word of thy righteousness. Deal with thy servant according unto thy mercy and teach me thy statutes. I am thy servant. Give me understanding that I may know thy testimonies. This is a heart to know the word of God and to, to uh, wait on the Lord to break through, verse 123, mine eyes fail, meaning I've stayed up and I'm, I'm pressing forward. I'm doing whatever it takes to seek you, Lord, to seek your will, to seek your word, despite of who I am and, my, and what I go through and those that are without and those that are within attacking me. I am pressing on to know your word and you. I am thy servant. Give me understanding that I may know thy testimonies. 126, it is time for thee, Lord, to work, for they have made void thy law. It's time for God now to work. Therefore, I love thy commandments above gold, yea, above fine gold. So this is one that has broke through, and in the word of God, because they pressed on, he found the word of God to be more precious than gold, more uh, worth more uh, than any material things in this life, more than a job, more than anything this world has to offer. He pressed through. God gave him the understanding. Before that, he did not have it. He was being attacked, but he broke through, and God opened his eyes, although he was weary in his life, Although he was trodden down, that is the time when most Christians give up. When they're broken, when they've been oppressed. But know this, you cannot obtain a joy of your salvation. You cannot obtain uh, an appreciation for this book and for the word of God until, you, until God empties you and then fills you with understanding by the Spirit of God and shows you how precious this book is above gold, above everything in this life. This one broke through, and he says, It's time for thee, Lord, to work, for they have made void thy law. Therefore I love thy commandments above gold, yea, above fine gold. Therefore I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right, and I hate every false way. Oh, let this be your prayer. Let this be your objective today, Amen. that you can find God in his word more precious than gold. It is. And where God will give you a hate, for sin, uh, a hate for the false way, 
That way you fear God, keep his commandments, and shun the wicked way and walk in the light, in that straight and narrow way. You can be forced to walk therein, but that does nothing for the heart. God wants you to turn your heart to him, and, sh- and he wants to open up your understanding to show you personally what it is to walk in the will and ways of God. God has allowed attacks in your life to happen for a reason. God has allowed brokenness to happen in your life for a reason. As he was with Jeremiah from birth, so he was with you. And he's seen you all the way up to this point. God has placed people in your life as well to help guide you and teach you. Some may have come uh, in different ways to teach you different things. Some have come as an enemy to teach you forgiveness as Christ has forgiven you. Your greatest teachers may have been your attackers because God in his omniscience, that means his all-knowing power, knows what you need to get to him. And when your strength and your eyes have failed you, God was always there still. He is the great shepherd of the flock. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for leading and guiding us up to this point. Pray you bless, Lord, your word as it goes forth. Let it not return void unto yourself. Do whatsoever you please with it, O God. I pray, O Lord, you anoint this place. Pour, Lord, the Holy Spirit, Father, over all of us, O God, and anoint us. Open our eyes to the understanding of your word, the understanding of your will, the understanding of your way. Lord, may you wash us thoroughly with hyssop, make us whiter than snow. Purge us, O God, that we may be clean. Lord, create in us a clean heart, O Lord, and renew a right spirit within us. I pray, O God, you'll take and use your word now. Do a great work with it. Have your way, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. God is the great shepherd of his sheep. Notice that verse, it is time for thee, O Lord, to work. There comes a time when God uh, rises off his throne and works uh, on your behalf. It is time for the Lord to work. When sin, when the iniquity abounds greater and greater, there will be a time when the iniquity of this world fills up to the fullest and God stands up and it is time for God to send his judgment. As of right now, it is a time, what we call a time of grace, where God is holding back his wrath. He doesn't overlook anything. Every word, the Bible says, will be accounted for. Uh, There is not one sin. Sin is a very powerful entity in itself, and it took the very blood of God uh, to conquer on the cross. And your sin, uh, every sin you commit, is not without consequence, and it is not without uh, God's grace abounding greater to help you get through it. Uh, Some people are so deceived that they just live in sin and uh, continue in sin, not knowing it is the sin that put the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. It is that one sin, only one sin it took for death to enter into the world and to curse the ground and to curse every animal that's living and to curse every plant that grows and to curse uh, the sky and to curse every living creature. In this world, it only took one sin, and it was disobedience to God. 
And how much sin do we commit? Uh, how much sin have we committed? And how much sin will we commit? And we believe that there is no consequence for those sin because the Lord Jesus Christ paid for them. No, friend, there is consequences. Just as wherefore is by one man sin entered in the world and death by sin. Sin brings its consequences. This church does not endorse sin. We uh, are for the sinner, though. Amen? Uh, I, I am not for the sin of the sinner. I will uh, uh, encourage everybody to live right. I will encourage people that are in sin now to get it right. I will encourage people. I, I don't accept your sin, but hey, I'm for you. And I want you to, and I want to help you get out of your sin. I want to pray, uh, be there praying for you and praying with you and, 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 and pushing you to the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the great shepherd. It is time for the Lord to work, for they have made void thy law. There comes a time when uh, someone just ignores the word of God and ignores the uh, warnings of God uh, so long that God begins to work. God sends his judgment. It is commanded to the church that uh, they would, if, if somebody will not hear they, they want to remain in their sin that, the, that the, the pastor would just hand them over to the devil. Hand them over to the devil and let the devil then have them. Because there comes a time when the pastor can no longer hold on to that person. And you're just going to have to let them go. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, uh, chapter 12, if you would turn there with me. The book of Hebrews, chapter 12. I'm sorry, 13. The book of Hebrews, verse 13, verse 17, the Bible says, Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves. Now, we're, a pastor is commanded in 1 Peter not to be lords over God's heritage, but being an example. The apostle Paul says, listen, I have the authority to be a lord, but I've used that authority to become your servant. God has placed uh, me as a pastor to be a servant. God has given me authority to be a servant to you. And that's a, what a pastor is, is to serve you. Just as the Lord Jesus Christ is to serve you, he serves you in prayer. He serves you. He told Peter, Peter, the devil had desired to have you, to tear you apart, to ruin your life, to take what's precious and destroy it. To sift you like wheat. But Jesus said, but I prayed for you. That's it? Yeah. Prayer is powerful. Lord, can't you just defeat the devil? He already did. Lord, can't you just protect me and not have the devil come, not have the devil come to my life and attack me like that? No, he said he's going to pray for you. That means you're going to have to go through it. That means you're going to have to bear because God has plans for you, but if you fall at every attack, then when will you begin trusting in God? If you fall at every uh, snare of the devil, then when will your eyes be open to the wisdom that God is trying to instill in you? If you buckle at every load that God sends your way, then where will your strength lie? How can God use you for something greater? 
What type of man will you become for God? What type of woman will you become for God? What type of mother or father will you be if you cannot handle the beginning stages of what God is trying to do in your life so that you may grow? We, all of us want every temptation gone. All of us want every trial gone. But it is through those things that God shapes and forms us. It is in the hand of the potter, and we are the clay, that he has to break us and remold us. None of us have come clean when we came to God. We've come filthy, broken, destroyed, full of pride and sins that we still have no idea that were in us. But little by little, God has shaped and molded us and had, had he, his long suffering caused him to bear with us. Every time we turned our back on him and every time we uh, ran from him and every time we said, no, Lord, not right now. I don't, I don't want to deal with this right now. God says, okay, well, maybe tomorrow I'm going to try to shape you. You see, God sees the precious vessel at the end of our life that he wants to make us become. And only his hand can get us there. And he will lead us all the way. He is the great shepherd of the flock. And God leads his sheep. And his sheep hear his voice. And they are known of him. And they shall go in and out and find pasture. There's a freedom in Christ today when he is leading you. There's no freedom in this world. The second you run from God, you may say, Oh, you know what? I get to do whatever I want. No, you're, now you're putting on shackles and say... The devil's going to say to you, no, now you get to obey me. I'm going to send a temptation. You're going to obey it. Yes. I'm going to send this friend. You're going to obey them. Yes. And everything the devil sends to you is little ways, little seeds of destruction planted in your life that will grow to your spouse, to your family, to your kids, till everybody around you will ultimately be destroyed. But God wants to do the reverse. He wants to lead you to greener pastures. The Bible says, obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves. We don't like that word submission. I have to submit to God. We all do. And I have to submit to you. I submit to you. I'm the pastor, I submit to you. I say, you know what? I need some prayer. I need to pray for them. Let me stop my life right now and I'm going to pray for this person. I submit to you. I see that you're going through a hard time. I submit to you. I care. Why? Because God has given me a pastor's heart. The Bible says, for they watch for your souls. It goes deeper uh, than your outward. See, the devil attacks your outward, but God has given me a weight that I cannot get off of me. When I became a pastor, uh, I, this weight that I assumed on my shoulders is indescribable. I heard a pastor uh, not too long ago, he pastors a very large church. He said, nobody told me that about this weight, this invisible weight that nobody can see that is indescribable. That's the only way you can explain it. And it drives pastors to run. It drives pastors to quit. It drives pastors to buckle. It drives pastors to trust the Lord. That this position is a position not cut out for any man, but it's a position for a man to only that can trust God when served properly. As a servant, 
to God's people. Obey them, for they watch for your souls, as they must give an account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. You know what that means when I pray? Am I praying, uh, and I say, oh, Lord, I thank God for so-and-so. They're, they're serving you. They're, they're, they're allowing, you, uh, allowing you to work in their life. They're trusting you. Uh, that's with joy. You see, my greatest joy is when God's people are, are, are serving God and living right and doing right. That's my joy. So, oh, Pastor, no, you, what, you, you, this is your job. This, this is not my job. It's my position. It's my calling. This is not a job for me. I've, not, I've never gotten paid one dollar. I don't want to get paid. I'm a broke pastor. Why? Because all my money, Brother Tom knows, if I have money, I'm going to be buying pizzas for everybody. Why? Because my heart is for your soul. To encourage you, to lift you up to the Lord, to help you get closer to him. Me and my family invested. We, we, we spent Financially spent for this church, poured into this church to, to get this church moving, to, to get it growing. We had a property. We sold it. We said, Lord, take it all. We, we, want, we want your work to grow. We want it to flourish. We want it to prosper. I don't want to get paid. I want to see God's people living right and doing right. I want to see souls saved. I want to see little children running in here safe from the world and from their own home. From their own house. They don't have a home. I want this to be their second home. I want every uh, man to grow here in strength and wisdom and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want the women to feel safe and secure from this world. From all the predators that are outside. I want every kid in here to say, I want to I just be in church. I want to live in church. I love church. That's my goal. That they may, that they may do it with joy. For they watch for your souls. I look out for your soul. Sometimes it feels like I'm in, I stand between the devil and death and God. Lord, have mercy on them. Bear with them. I'll get calls in the middle of the night. I'm not coming back. I'm not coming back. I'm, I'm a, and and, and I'll, I'll, I won't hear those words. I'll say, Lord, the devil is after this person right now. Please have mercy on them. Bear with them, oh God. Don't let the devil have them. I'll hear uh, different Christians falling into grave sins. You say, well, you need to get, you need to get on Facebook and all. I don't have any, any of that junk. You know what I have? I'll, I'll, I'll see, I'll, I'll look in your eyes and I'll say, there's something off with this person. You, you can't tell me that the eyes are the windows of the soul. Listen, I know when I look in your eyes, you can't tell me that you're okay. I know if you're okay or not. I know if you're okay or not. I don't need to know what you're doing. I, all I need to know is that you're okay or you're not okay. And when I look in your eyes, I know you've been walking with God. And I know you've been uh, loving God and serving God. And if I don't see that in your eyes, I know you're not okay. And I'll pray for you. Lord, you say, well, the pastor doesn't know I'm drinking. The pastor doesn't know I'm smoking. That don't matter. Because if you're not okay, you're not okay. Devil can have you more and more and more. But listen. I'm praying for you. I'm praying that God will uh, get a hold of your heart. If God doesn't have your heart, it doesn't matter what you're doing out there. It doesn't matter what you're doing when you leave those doors. 
You say, I can fool the pastor and I can sing in a choir and I can, I can live my life outside and nobody knows I'm drinking, nobody knows I'm smoking, nobody knows I'm with these people, nobody knows I'm gossiping. If you're not okay, you're not okay. What's the matter with what you're doing? But when you have a heart for God, there's something, there's this weight that is lifted off of me. And God gives me a joy, not a heaviness, for I must give an account for your soul, the Bible says. There's someone who stands for you, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And God has put me as an under-shepherd. Pastor means shepherd. I'm the under-shepherd of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'll bring, I'll bring you before the throne of God and lift your name up. And this heaviness will come on me. I'll say, Lord, I don't know what's going on in your life. One time, God woke me up two in the morning. He said, you better pray right now. And I got on my knees. I started praying. I started praying. I started praying. Around 7 a.m., I get a call. Pastor, middle of the night, we had an issue. I said, was it around 2 a.m.? They said, yeah. How'd you know? I said, because I was praying for you. I didn't need to know who it was and what was going on. Because God watches for your soul. He is the great shepherd. And if God is not leading you, then what are you doing? Where are you going? I was thinking about this the other day. I said, Lord, I watch these birds. They fly around. Sometimes we help them. They get caught here and there. And, but the older birds, they, they're grabbing the moms or, and, the, and the dads. I'm not sure. They, they're grabbing the straw and they're building a the nest. And I said, you know, even the animals have purpose and direction. And you, but you drive around in the city and you, you look in people's eyes and they're lost. We have all these big spiders in my yard. I love spiders. I would never kill a spider. I can't kill a spider. I love spiders. I love watching them. I actually feed them. I'll grab a little fly and I'll... Or if, if, what I'll do, there's, a big, there's these big spider webs that they, they make these spider uh, webs in my yard, and I'll put a little light at nighttime near the spider web, and it'll just load up with flies. And so there you go, buddy. You know, I'll feed the spider. I don't know what it is. You know what? I think it was from Proverbs. That the Bible says that the, the spiders make their webs in king's palaces, and I got this love for spiders. I said, man, these spiders, they know where they're going, they know what they're doing. They're building these webs, they're being fruitful. A spider. You watch them. They're, they're better engineers than any man ever born, these spiders, if you watch how they are. And yet we are created in God's image after his likeness. What has the devil done to us? God is the great shepherd, though, to lead you and guide you. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel and afterward receive me to glory, Psalm 73 says. The heart of the shepherd is to see his sheep safe. Let's go to Psalm 23. Brother Rob, we okay with this? I forgot to put the lapel on. Good. Psalm 23, we know this. The Bible says in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. You know, if God is not, if you are not allowing God to lead you right now, 
then you cannot claim the rest of this chapter. God is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That means you will not lack. I told the Lord, Lord, if this church ever lacks, it will be because you are unfaithful. But you are not unfaithful. Therefore, we shall never lack. God has promised that in your life. If you're not trusting God today, then he's not your shepherd. Someone else is leading you, and they're lying to you, and they're robbing you of your life. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down. You know, that word maketh, maketh me, sometimes my mind gets spinning and I, I'm, I'm very distressed and overrun and overburdened. God says, shh, lay down. But Lord, Lord shh, rest. But God, I have to go, shh, peace be unto you. He makes you lie down. In green pastures, not a desert. When you were done with your sin, where'd you find yourself? In green pastures, in a desert, thirsting for God and for his righteousness again and to be clean. When you left God and you thought it was freedom, where'd you find yourself when you woke up? In the gutter or in the deepest pit of your life? Oh, but God makes you lie down in green pastures. And he leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Because he wants you to represent him as your father. Because he is proud to call you his son. He is proud to call you his daughter. And he's going to allow you to have his name. And he's going to shape and mold you so that you are proud to be called a Christian. Proud to be called a son or daughter of God. The heart of the shepherd is to see his sheep not lack anything. The heart of the shepherd is to see his sheep in peace and rest and safety. The heart of the shepherd is to see his sheep prosper in righteousness, in the word of God in the love of God, in the peace of God, in the mercy of God. The heart of the shepherd is to help them and deliver them from any enemy, from any oppressor, from any weapon that is formed against them, from anything that afflicts them. The heart of the shepherd is to see his sheep, that they're okay, that there's no disease in them, that when he looks them in the eye, the sheep can look them right back in the eye, and see that there's a bond of unity and that there's nothing in between them and the Savior. Psalm 73, the Bible says, 
in verse 2. For I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. You ever see and get envious about someone uh, in the world flourishing right away? And you say, you know what? I I can get that. I can do that. I can obtain that. I was envy. That's envy. You're envying the prosperity of the wicked. Know this, that it has always been a tactic of the devil. For you to take your eyes off the shepherd, off the good shepherd. God will not leave you, lead you broke. Or in ruins, he leads you to prosper and grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. For there are no bands in their death, but their strength is firm. When you start looking at their personality, their character, they are not uh, in trouble as other men, neither are they plagued like other men. You say, why why do good people die and why do uh, the wicked get everything seems like it's going well for them? They seem strong, they seem happy, they seem fruitful. Therefore pride compassed them as a chain, violence covered them as a garment. Their eyes stand out with fatness, they have more than their heart could wish. They are corrupt and speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak loftily. They set their mouth against the heavens and their tongue walketh through the earth. You say, why doesn't God do something about this? And it gets tempting because you think that everything is going well for them. Let's look at verse 17. Until I went into the sanctuary of God, then understood I their end. You know what the sanctuary of God is? It's right here. It's a church. It's a place of worship. Until I went. This is the number one attack I see on God's sheep. The devil puts out a temptation of prosperity of the wicked. I can flourish in this world. Attack number two, the devil keeps you from coming into the house of God, into church. But it is in the church where you understand what's going on out there. It is in this place right here, this sacred place, where God begins to open up your understanding. You see, the church is, the Bible says it's, it's, a, it's something so unique, it's not in this world. When you got saved, you are the church. But yet we call the building the church because it's a place where we meet for church, amen? You are the church, the building is the church building. But this place is not of this world. Church means a body of called out believers out of this world. We are not of this world. And this building is not of this world. When you step foot in those doors, you are out of this world into a safe place. The importance of keeping the world out of those doors and sanctifying this place to honor and worship the Lord Jesus Christ. The purpose and importance of keeping the world out of your heart and out of your life to make your vessel, as the Bible says, your body is the temple. It is the sanctuary of God, of the Holy Spirit of God. Keep yourselves for him. Keep yourselves unspotted from this world. That just as as this is a safe place, you uh, yourself is a sanctuary. And your home may be a sanctuary. And God may make it a godly home, as Joshua says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Then understood I therein. God wants to 
keep you in church. The devil wants to keep you out of church. The devil wants to wave all the temptations of the world out there. But the Bible says in verse 22, so foolish was I and ignorant. I was as a beast before thee. When God opens up your understanding, you see, last year I thought I was wise until this year God showed me more. And I said, last year I was just a fool. I was so foolish at the way I've handled situations. I was so foolish. But at that time, I thought I was so wise. Until God reveals and grows you more and more. But I've learned I'm a fool today. Because I know I have much more uh, to learn and so much more to to grow in, in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I can never call myself wise. I can never call myself um, one that makes wise decisions because God is the only one who's wise. And I need his wisdom in every case, in every situation. But when God opens up your eyes, you're going to see, so foolish was I and ignorant. I was as a beast before thee. It means an animal. Nevertheless, I am continually with thee. Thou hast holden me by my right hand. When God opens your eyes and you see how foolish you were and you see how much you needed God uh, now and, and back then, though, but he was still with you, holding your hand. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel and afterward receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon earth that I desire but thee, beside thee. My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For lo, they that are far from thee shall perish. Thou hast destroyed all them that go whoring from thee. That means when the devil puts something in, in front of you and, and you give your life over to this world and to sin. Um, th- listen, the devil's going to destroy you. He's going to destroy uh, all that is precious and all that God is trying to do. Uh, and God, it's going to make God rise up. The Bible says there is a sin unto death. I pray not for it. When a heart does not turn back to God. God will hand you over to destruction of your flesh, the Bible says. This is saying, if you're not going to obey God here, you certainly will up there. The importance of fearing God and having that respect for God. God gives us warning after warning after warning. God gives us time to, to turn to him, to turn our hearts to him. He wants your heart today. He's the good shepherd of the sheep. For lo, they that are far from thee shall perish. Get closer to God today. Verse 28, but it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all thy works. God has established me as a pastor. God sets up a pastor in your life. He's the under shepherd. I'm not a Lord. I'm not one who reigns over you. I'm there in prayer for you. Sometimes you uh, may think I have the ability to just make all problems go away. And, but listen, there's times where the Lord just says, they're going to have to deal with it. And you just pray for them. And I pray for you. My wife is a pastor's wife. That is not just what she is. It's a position in the Bible. Even so, must her wives. My wife, Jessie, is a pastor's wife. She holds that position. She's called by God to hold that position. She's the woman of the church as a pastor's wife. And oh, she gets attacked. 
There's people that uh, are not here anymore that battled. I have battled and battled. They brutally attacked my wife. And I can only go as far as my wife can go. But, man, you pray, you pray, you pray. You pray and hold up. There's people who bring down, brought down Moses, but there's people who stood right beside him and held up his arms when he was weak. Let's go to Numbers chapter 12. It's easy to attack. It's easy to... uh, Why? Because we act upon our own wisdom. And we think that at this moment, we are making the right decisions. And at this moment, we are all wise until God opens our eyes later on and shows us, oh, how foolish I was. How foolish I was. But God held your hand all the way. Verse chapter 12, Moses Moses did something wrong. He did. He married outside of Israel. He married this Ethiopian woman. Verse 1 says, Miriam and Aaron, that's his brother and sister, spake against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. And they said, Hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Hath he not spoken also by us? And the Lord heard it. Be careful. You have Moses, the man of God. Now, Miriam and Aaron, they were called by God as well. So they, in their haughtiness, started speaking against Moses here. Now, Moses did wrong by the word of God. He did wrong. Uh, We could say that. It was commanded by God not for them to marry outside of Israel. Uh, But verse 3 says, Now the man Moses was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. You know what meekness means? Being meek. But you know what meek means? It means to allow and be quiet when you're attacked. It has the idea of being soft. You know what Moses learned? The old Moses, you know what Moses did before? He killed him. I'm going to kill you. And he did. He killed that Egyptian, remember? But God had to humble him and take him through a low time. Take him through the lowest points of his life. Take him through the battles. Moses spent 40 years in the wilderness herding sheep through the mountains and through the sides of the wilderness to show him what it takes to be a shepherd, to stand strong. And God told Moses, Moses, I'm your shepherd, and I want you in my name to lead these people. And Moses knew what it took to lead sheep. And he knew that staying with them 24-7 is what it would take. And it it wasn't cut out for a man that didn't have a spine. It wasn't cut out for a man that would buckle. It wasn't cut out for a man that couldn't take attacks and being oppressed. It wasn't cut out for any of that, any man like that. But it would take a man 
to simply, simply trust God, who is the great shepherd. Moses took that calling and led those people out. Moses learned what meekness was. Whenever there was a problem, you know what Moses did? He took it to the Lord. That's what a shepherd does. Why doesn't he take care of his problems? Why doesn't he just uh, throw, throw things down and, and, and deal with things face to face? You know why? Because he learned to bring it through the Lord first, who is the great shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. We have a great shepherd who's guiding and leading us all. You will not understand that until you come into the sanctuary. This world has every trap out there. But when you come in here, you can feel and know that God is guiding you and leading you and directing you. You have a pastor up here that prays for your soul, that wants you to prosper in the Lord. And I want to look you in the eye and I want to see that you're okay. I don't need you. Listen, if you ask me okay, I'm going to say I'm good. Even if I'm not. It's all lies. And you can tell me whatever you want. But God tells me things in the middle of the night. And I wake up because I have to give an account for you. And he puts on this weight that I cannot escape. This burden that drives me almost sometimes to insanity. But instead I go to the word of God to refresh my mind. This weight that I call drive me to suicide. And I'll say, Lord, I can't bear it any longer. He says, my grace is sufficient for thee. And I'll go to God to give an account for you. And I'll say, Lord, how are they doing? And the Holy Spirit whispers and tells me things in the night about you, about what's going on. You say, Pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. I know, but God tells me that you're going through something. And he wakes me up and I pray for you. And I might not be the best man for the job, but I'm here. And God's speaking to me on your behalf. And if he's speaking to me on your behalf, that means he's still leading you and he's still leading me. And we can move forward together to the green pastures beside the still waters. Gospel Light Baptist Church, I just want to challenge you today to allow the Lord to have you. Allow the Lord to lead you. And whatever's affecting you in your life, you don't have to stay any longer therein. Give it over to the Lord Jesus Christ and let him lead you. He's the great shepherd of the sheep and he's working in the midst of us. And don't let him stand up because of a heart that has run from him, that has gone a whoring after other things in this world, that has uh, left the Lord for the things of this life, that, that has left the Lord for the riches of this world. Stand for Jesus uh, because he stands for you. Amen. And he's guiding and leading you. Oh, he wakes me up. He whispers in my heart. He tells me things. There are some things that, I, that he has told me about some of you. And I said, Lord, this cannot be true. Can't be. They've not done that. 
have not done that. And I still wonder today. And sometimes I want to go up to you and say, hey, is this true? Is this possible that you have done this? But you know what I do instead? I pray for you. I pray, Lord, get them out of that. Help them. Push them forward. Hold their hand. Be with them all the way. Lead them in righteousness. Overlook their sin with your mercy. Give them grace to take one step at a time to get closer to you. The Lord is my shepherd. I pray and hope that he is today. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for guiding us all. You are no respecter of persons. There is nothing that I've done to become in favor with you. It's only through the blood of Jesus Christ that I can claim even to stand in your presence. I'm unworthy. I'm unfit. I'm not eligible. Lord, I'm a sinner that is just saved by grace. I pray, O oh Lord, as you are leading all of us here, lead us. Help us. Get, a, get our attention, O oh Lord, whatever it takes. Break us that you may make us new. Shape us. Empty out the old man and fill us with the Spirit of God that we may be a children of light, burning with the fire of God on our mouth and on our lips, preaching the gospel to every creature, walking in the way of righteousness that you lead us in. I pray, O oh God, you are the great shepherd of the sheep. Have us, direct us, lead us beside the still waters. In the name of Jesus, amen. I want to invite you to dedicate your life to the Lord. Let's all stand. Is he your shepherd today? Do you hear his voice? Do you know his voice in your life? The Bible says, my sheep hear my voice. When your flesh calls you, do you hear that voice? When the world calls you, do you know that voice? When Jesus calls you, do you even hear it? Or is it shut out by all the noise of your life? But rest assured, Christian, he has your hand. He's not going to let it go. He's a good shepherd. And he wants to take you to higher ground, to greener pastures, beside the still waters. If you still have breath, I don't care how old you are, how broken your body is, God will never cast you away. He wants to do something great with you. He that cometh to God, he will no wise cast out. 
dedicate your heart and your soul to him right now to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart with all thy mind with all thy soul this is the great commandment can you worry if God is your shepherd? Friend, make the Lord your shepherd today and you will have need of nothing. You'll be worry free, which is the Lord's will. If you're not okay today, God wants you to be okay. He wants to look you in your eye and say, you're all right. You've been serving me. You've been walking with me. To see the joy of the Lord in your eyes can only but be done by God. If it's not there today, get it there. Father in heaven, Lord, you are our great shepherd, the shepherd of your sheep, and you will never be unfaithful. You will never abandon your sheep. You will never leave your sheep. Lord, you even said, I'll leave the 90 and 9 and go after that one. Lord, you care about every one of us. We're not just a number. We're not just some person. We're your sheep. You care about us and you love us, and you want us to be all right. And despite of any hardships, heartaches, enemies, Lord, you even want to use those stories in our life and make it with a purpose for your honor and glory. I pray, oh God, take us now, take this flock, and have your will and way. Lead and guide us unto truth, and bless us, and may your spirit rest upon us, so that we may be called the sons of God and daughters of God. Bless us, I pray, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless you.